0: welcome to another raptors cage reaction podcast oh man i'm uh i'm excited about this one the raptors take their first ever 3-0 series lead in franchise history with a 117-92 absolutely dominant win over the brooklyn nets joining me to recap the game none other than the lewis zatzman he uh he's got a shirt on and all how you doing man
1: i'm great dude thanks i uh I appreciate the invite. Appreciate being on here.
0: Uh, it's uh, hey man, I uh, I, I really like all your Raptors content, and you uh, you clearly know what you're talking about, and you're clearly just as happy as I am after this game. What uh, man, was this the most dominant game in the bubble, or am I forgetting one?
1: Yeah, I mean, there have been some there have been some wider margins, I think, but to me, this was the game where the Raptors are in first gear. Pretty much 40 of the 48 minutes, and whenever they need to even move up at all, it's a 10 0 run before you blink. Like, that's dominance, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean this Nets team is obviously extremely depleted and then after last game Joe Harris left so that just brought them down even more, but I have like I have nothing but respect and credit for this entire Brooklyn team and coach Vaughn because it's not easy to literally lose like eight rotation players and that's not even an exaggeration on how many rotation players they're down uh like if you include Kyrie and KD of course. So, it's a uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty amazing. Are you uh, are you happy that the Raptors got Brooklyn rather than another Orlando series? Even though Orlando hasn't looked too bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I wasn't worried for the Raptors. I mean, any first round series, they were going to be fine. Right. Uh, Brooklyn probably gives at least some sense of difference. Like I do a massive series preview before any series, and my one previewing Orlando would have been. Very similar, you know, it would have been like this Orlando team plays the same way. This Toronto team, no Kawhi, but plays a very similar way. So it's just fun in the sense of difference. And and as you said, Jack Vaughn has this team playing hard, playing well. I mean, a lot of teams that, that have lost bad have given up in the bubble, even in the playoffs, without a crowd to push you back in. But to Brooklyn's credit, they haven't really given up at all for not a not a possession so far in this series.
0: Yeah. And I guess I I worded that kind of poorly. I meant more from an entertainment perspective. And as you mentioned, Orlando, yeah, it would just be another very similar series to what we saw last year. And it also felt like we managed to play them 50 of the 64 games this regular season. (laughs) I, I, I guess especially at the start, it seemed like we literally played all three games against them within the first month and a half. Unless my mind is just exaggerating everything like always. Uh, and if there was like a, a playoff MVP given out after the first three games of the playoffs, Fred Van Vliet might have it, man. Like his first two games were great. And then even this game came out and, you know, probably wasn't the best player this game, but still just another amazing performance from Fred, especially from deep.
1: So that's actually what I'm writing right now. As soon as this pod is over, I'm going back to my Fred piece. I like it. Uh, and basically, I mean, spoilers, but he just, he is a bully. And the Raptors, I mean, he's a nice guy off the court. This is only a compliment. No, he's not. (laughs) But he wants to hurt a team when they're down. Like, he wants to kick these guys when they're up 20. And for a long time, the Raptors didn't have a guy like that. And seeing Fred, you know, clap in Karis Levert's face after stripping him in the first half, uh, seeing him hit that three after the Nets took their whole bench out of the game. I mean, when the Raptors are playing an inferior team, Fred is not going to let the Raptors play down to their level.
0: Yeah, and uh, he seems to always just come up with huge buckets, and it's been kind of a theme this whole series is, you know, it's not like the Raptors are getting outplayed by any means, but at least that start of that third quarter, Brooklyn always just comes out on fire and ready to go, and Toronto kind of slowly gears into play, and honestly it even happened this game and as you mentioned you know the Raptors really dominated for 40 of the 48 minutes you know two of those minutes were probably the garbage time and then maybe like five of them were the first five of the third until Pascal hit a three and Fred hit a three I do believe so yeah it just seems like Fred is like you said a bulldog and just has that grit and grind factor to him but also just super steady super consistent and just reliable as all means
1: yeah I mean I wonder if He is the guy the Raptors want with the ball in his hands, you know, more often than others. They're trying to get Siakam going, and he's been dominant. Uh, Kyle is always Kyle. I mean, he's phenomenal. Uh, And Norm will take control of the offense here and there. But but Fred has just been so great. I mean, two double doubles in the first two games. I wonder if he has earned, you know, starting a majority of the offense.
0: Yeah, and that was always his biggest, I guess, weak point. And that was his biggest criticism they always had was. You know, he's great off ball. He can shoot, but he dribbles the absolute air out of the ball and he can't finish inside because of his size. But. Even last year, I mean, we saw in the playoffs before um, Fred Jr. was born, his shot was just getting blocked. And obviously, you know, the kid is just a timeline. It it more had to do with his lack of range and the size fill he had. But he's extended that range out super deep. And he's learned how to use his body to shield off defenders when driving to the hole. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would not mind seeing him initiate a lot more, especially since a guy like Kyle, who typically was, you know, the point guard or creator. He's also very strong off ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of this Raptors team. And, I mean, that's something we saw today is just everybody is so interchangeable. I mean, OG Ananobi, for being the nominal three, is at his best posting up. He had some really nice post-ups. Kyle and Fred can really do anything on and off ball, offensively, defensively. Uh, And even if they weren't at a huge talent advantage over the the Nets, the fact that anybody can do anything is just, that helps a lot, too.
0: Yeah, and this team is super unselfish. Whoever, you know, whoever has the hot hand, everyone's willing to give the ball up to them and uh one guy who definitely had the hot hand today and I guess people were there were some people worrying about him because he hadn't played well in the bubble really up to the playoffs and even through the first two games, uh it's not like he was bad, but definitely wasn't his typical dominant self and Pascal really this this kind of was like a breakout bubble performance for him because this was probably his best game in the bubble. Once again, all those seating games kind of just mold together in my head, but it, he was great tonight. Twenty six, eight and five, forty eight percent from the field, and a couple threes. What did you uh, what did you see out of Pascal that you liked?
1: Yeah, so I, I completely agree. I think this was his best offensive game. Defensively, he's been an absolute mm-hmm. superstar. Um, he so he seemed like he stopped playing for the whistle. Um, and instead of looking for contact, instead of trying to let himself get hit, he initiated contact on the floor with his lower body rather than his upper body, which really affects his shot. Uh, he also went really quickly. A couple post-ups where he made his move instantly before the double could even come. Uh, and when he has you know, smaller guys on his back, he should be able to score in a second or less, which he did. Uh, his confidence has never flagged. It's just sort of where he's trying to create what he's trying to create. And instead of trying to create free throws, which he has done a good job doing, he just tried to create layups and and it showed.
0: And I think, as you mentioned, you know, spinning off the post before the double teams come uh, to me, that really was the biggest issue was his timing. And he was either rushing layups and really just trying to play at a hundred percent and finish through contact. A hundred percent, like a guy like Russ or LeBron, or he was getting in the post and just waiting way too long. The doubles would come and they'd come to the point where they were just swarming and he could barely even get a pass off. And today we saw him, you know, be patient underneath when he needed to be, but then also make those quick moves before the double came. And yeah, This is the type of Pascal the Raptors need to win the championship as much as this team is, you know, by committee and really leading scorer by committee, which is super rare. Pascal still needs to be that, you know, 25 plus point per game scorer. whether he's the top scorer of the night or, you know, the second guy, because another guy went off. They, uh, they need this kind of performance out of Pascal.
1: Yeah, he was awesome. And let's, let's not forget another guy. When you were talking about someone who you know has been playing a little down and broke out. I actually thought you were going to be talking about Surge. Mm. He was fantastic tonight too.
0: Yeah, he totally fits that exact description I gave before Pascal and he uh he had a he had a couple nice games in the bubble after his really slow start yeah. and then he obviously went down with that injury which I mean, I'm sure it was wasn't as much of an injury just kind of precautionary sit out, yeah. but but either way, yeah, I mean 20 and 13 and I kind of said heading into this or kind of thought that this would be more of a series for surge one, because their backup center is literally like Justin Anderson or not even a center. And I mentioned that a few times. So he'll either be playing against Justin Anderson or a really tired Jared Allen. And, um, even even the way Mark matches up with Jared Allen, you know, Mark is fantastic defensively, but his one kind of struggle is guarding just those rim-running lob threats because he, he doesn't have the vertical game needed to guard that. And he still doesn't get torched, but it's not his strength. He, he, he definitely is better at guarding those one-on-one post defenders or guys who yeah. move laterally like him. So this is definitely a, a series where Surge can continue to grow. Hopefully it's only one more game. And yeah, I mean, Surge is... Serge played fantastic. He always plays really well in that jump shot's so going a hundred percent from three. So yeah, I mean, what did you? Uh, what other kind of stuff did you see from Serge?
1: The scoring's no surprise. I mean, he can get hot, and and you said scoring by committee. He is a member of the committee who can lead the team in scoring. But what really stood out was his passing. I yes. mean, he had one post up where he drew two, kick to Siakam in the corner, and I mean, Siakam missed, but that looked like it was Siakam posting up and kicking like it was a great pass. He had another. Uh, sort of big to big from the high block to OG for a layup. Uh, I think a few years ago when when Dwayne Casey was still the coach and they were running the Nick Nurse offense, they asked Serge to pass more than he was ready for. Um, but over the last few years, his development in that area has been among the most development in any single skill for a Raptor. It's just he's come so far. It's impressive to see his vision and his his timely execution as well.
0: And I don't know this for sure, but I have to assume that Mark's played a big role in kind of, you know, helping he him He said along. that today. Oh, okay, well then.
1: Serge said that today in postgame. He was saying, you know, how did you improve your passing during quarantine? He said, I watched film of Mark.
0: Yeah, and we know Marcus Gasol is one of the greatest passing big men of all time. And he continues to be a fantastic passer himself. He had six assists today. And yeah, Serge, it really seemed as soon as Mark got traded to Toronto, his passing just accelerated. And it's really funny. And you kind of touched on this, how literally before that, anytime Serge got the ball, you just knew a shot was going up. You didn't, it, Whether it was in the post, it was a pick and pop with Kyle in the mid range, whether he just caught it for three, like it, it was going up, whether it was good or bad. And now he, yeah. he, he plays with a lot more. I mean, I don't want to say plays with a lot more IQ because that sounds really degrading, but like maybe he just sees the pass a lot more, and yeah, watching Marcus Saul film, you kind of see, you know, what the angles you can pass at through bounce passes and all that, down to high low feeds or low high feeds. So yeah, Surge is uh Surge looks fantastic today, and I mean the Raptors really need this going forward, especially when the opponents start getting a lot tougher.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. As far as the Brooklyn side of things go,
0: um, yeah, I mean. There really, there wasn't much. There's some guys with some good stat lines, like Tyler Johnson, 8 for 15, 23 points. Karis LeVert, uh, 15. Chioza had a couple nice plays. Uh, he, Honestly, Chioza's a really solid player, and I've always kind of liked his game just ever since he was at Florida. He uh he was a pretty gritty energy player for them. But honestly, despite some honestly decent stat lines, I feel like watching the game, no one on this Brooklyn team overly stood out to me. I don't, what did you see from the Brooklyn side of things?
1: So I think at this point, Brooklyn has to be auditioning everyone for next year, even down to Jack Vaughn. Uh, and he, Jack Vaughn, by the way, has aced this audition as much as any coach could. Um, n- maybe that's not enough. I mean, that very well could not be enough for him to keep the job with KD and Kyrie. But, I mean, good good for him. And so uh, just a few things. Jared Allen, to me, has stood out. He's rebounded well his passing has been way above what I expected, even though I knew he was a plus passer. Um, I think he should probably, if not be the starting center, be the closing center for Brooklyn next year. Uh, Chioza, you mentioned, uh, just more depth about those nice plays. I mean, his passing is just an unbelievable level. He throws great pace, really good vision, and that early beat passing, that uh, really guys like Ricky Rubio, uh, Steve Nash sort of you know, evolved in the NBA. Chioza is a disciple of those guys. I mean, his passing is amazing. And I see him as a guy who could be alongside a um, a Levert or a KD and really just fit in, breaking down rotating defenses. He should be on the team next year. Uh, to me, maybe even more than Tyler Johnson, who had a better game. So everyone's auditioning, right? Uh, for minutes, for a rotation spot, for a coaching job and to their credit they're still playing hard because when you're out to just play for yourself in in a situation like that it can devolve it can devolve into a team playing shot happy offenses playing me defense and uh it didn't do that so uh Brooklyn's really in a sense winning as much as they can but they're just they're overmatched in so many ways
0: yeah and uh it's a uh, yeah it's pretty amazing like how many guys they're missing because uh, there's really three versions of this Brooklyn team. There's this current iteration where it's just pretty much scraps and a lot of pickups. There was the regular season version we saw. And then there's the Katie K- Kyrie version, which we have yet to see and hopefully we see next year. Um, but yeah, I really I really do like Jared Allen. He uh, He's definitely the best center on this Brooklyn team. He's, he's better than DeAndre Jordan. Uh, put up a pretty impossible stat line. Zero field goals attempted, 17 rebounds, and still four points. And I actually think that's that's pretty big because when Brooklyn kind of went on their huge run to start the game yesterday and really, I guess, I don't want to say dominated, but really led the Raptors throughout the entire first half, he was a big part of it because the dribble drive was working and Toronto just couldn't stay in front of everyone, which forced the big to step up, which left those lob opportunities to Jared Allen. So uh, that just it's really a testament to how much better Toronto's defense was that Jared Allen didn't have those quick dump-off passes or... Those lob passes, and I mean, it's one, a credit to Toronto's defense and just stepping up this game and playing a lot better than last game, but then also just, once again, Nick Nurse and the coaching staff being willing and being able to make those game-to-game adjustments.
1: So, they talked about that. Uh, Nick said he made a lot of adjustments. He declined to say what they were. What I saw, um, they actually sunk the weak side in a lot deeper to tag Allen uh, like very early on the roll, and then rotated from the passer quite early, so... Whoever's guarding the lob passer, instead of you know sticking with him and the center, just rotating around to the corner to pick up. So if it was Siakam or OG in the corner, they would almost switch onto Allen, doubling him with the center, uh, while the guard switches out to take Allen uh, to take Siakam or Ananobi's guy. Um, really early rotations that made it look like they weren't even rotating, just because it happened so early. And uh, it allows Lavert or other ball handlers to get more shots because there's just fewer guys guarding him. It's it's just him against the center rather than him against a double coverage or a hedge. Um, but that's fine, right? You got to give up something, and and Lavert didn't tear the Raptors apart. So, uh, like you said, credit to Nurse and credit to the execution.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean that's one thing that makes a Toronto team so special is they really aren't comprised of, and I mean. They, re- they have a lot of great on-ball defenders, but they aren't just comprised of just a bunch of like Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, OG, just these absolute lockdown guys. What they are comprised of is guys who are smart defensively and rotate extremely well. And a lot of that has to do with Nurse and, and the coaching staff and, and uh, the rotations they put in place. But this team just, they move on a string defensively. And I'm actually in the process of writing a piece on Fred Van Vliet's off ball defense. And I think he's literally one of the best off ball defenders I've ever watched in my life. Uh, But yeah, this, uh, this team knows what they're doing and, and and Nick nurse clearly does. And that was a very obvious general statement, but it's really what has them this far. It's not their offense. It is their defense, despite even being capable of having offensive performance like they did in this one or game one.
1: Yeah. And their defense is why they have a chance to defend their title, you know, why they're beating up on Brooklyn. Their defense is, is, the, is going to decide how far they go and uh, going to decide a lot even further than that. It's, I mean, Nick Nurse was part of the offensive revolution that happened a few years ago, but he's part of the current defensive revolution. Uh, every Raptor rotation guy, I would argue, is a better defender than offensive player. I mean, even Kyle, even Siakam. Uh, it's just, it's a marvel to watch them all together
0: and Nick Nurse is part of the reason that this Orlando team's competing so well. Have Milwaukee looking kind of shaky. You uh, are you feeling more confident about obviously way in the future but a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup because I know throughout the course of the whole season it was literally, you know, who's going to be able to compete with Milwaukee? Who is second place to Milwaukee? But I don't I don't know, man. It's uh it's looking a lot more open now.
1: Yeah, Milwaukee is a hell of a team. I mean, they they had a, a solid second game with minimal tweaks. Almost just Hit your open jump shots. (laughs) But uh, the thing about Milwaukee is if they haven't solved the wall, like the defense that Kawhi and, and Marc Gasol put up against Giannis, if they are unable to beat that defense after a year of seeing it, then yeah, maybe they can be beat. Maybe Miami has a chance. I mean, Adebayo is as good a defensive center as anyone in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, Orlando is one of the teams definitely taken from the Raptors playbook in forming that wall and yep. forcing Giannis to kick out. And and his teammates are not doing it. Chris Middleton just uh, not playing like an all-star. Eric Bledsoe, who a lot of people said should have been an all-star, definitely not playing like it. And they're missing Malcolm Brogdon a lot. Like, aside from Giannis, Brogdon is the only guy who could last year craft his way into the key and create shots for himself or for others. Middleton doesn't have that in his game he had a great regular season and and what he did in the, the offense this, this year is amazing but once it really gets down to it you're perfectly fine with letting Middleton kind of c- catch and, and drive off a closeout or isolate on you you're perfectly fine with Bledsoe doing that so yeah I mean uh this wall seems to still be having Milwaukee kind of uh in shambles
1: yeah I'll disagree with you a little about Middleton I mean he is a great player it's just he, his footwork is impeccable. His handle is a little loose. And so that can lead to, I mean, Toronto making him look bad. But if you ask, say, a Boston Celtic media member, they'll say he's the greatest player on earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, Toronto is just fortunate that we've always seen Middleton struggle, uh, you know, against the Raptors. But uh, his his jump shot can get hot in a hurry. And, I mean, he's capable of putting up 40 when, when Giannis draws attention. So uh, maybe a little more respect on Middleton.
0: Yeah, but I think even right there is just kind of like the key, like when Giannis draws attention. And if you look at the isolation numbers, I think he's shooting like 40% from the field off isolation and only averaging like 2 points per 10 possessions off isolation plays. So uh, definitely put I put full respect on what he did this year. He was like 50-40-90. And... I just yeah, I, I mean I wanna I, I just wanna see it in the playoffs and I think that's the same kind of criticism yeah. DeMar got his whole tenure here was sure, you do it great in the regular season, but you know, let's see it when the lights are the brightest and you know, I'm <laughs> I we'll see, we'll see. I definitely still don't think he's any sort of a slouch. But yeah, they uh I don't hate their chances, but obviously still have to get through one more win of Brooklyn and then an entire Boston series. Uh Lewis, was there any other things from this game that you saw that you kinda wanted to point out?
1: No, we've got to a lot of it. I mean, it's hard to take too much out of games when the Raptors are beating up on guys. But I mean, we've we've squeezed this lime dry. I think
0: you smelling the uh, first sweep in franchise history. Oh, without you a doubt. It? I
1: mean, I predicted it before the series. It's just the Nets. You know, fun though they are, just don't don't have much in them right now.
0: And especially uh, Joe Harris probably going to miss the next game as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but the Raptors are doing what they can play in the team that's in front of them and they're doing well so it looks like this year's team might not only have the highest regular season win percentage of franchise history but get the first sweep in franchise history so uh setting a whole bunch of records as soon as Kawhi, Kawhi left and I mean obviously we're not a better team without Kawhi but I don't know if Kawhi's, Kawhi's regretting his decision I don't know his uh, his teammates out there in LA aren't looking too hot now but uh Lewis you have anything you want to shout out before we go here
1: Sure, yeah, I have a uh, a newsletter I'm doing with uh, my boy Samson Folk. Um, you can find it at my Twitter at Lewis Atzman, just my name. I post about it all the time. It's called Minute Basketball. We're really getting into the minutia, great graphic designs, uh, mixture of you know, talking about life and music and and art and and basketball. It's fun stuff.
0: Mm, I like that. And uh, follow me on Twitter at ZachWilson50, hit up the show at Raptors Cage, and then go to Raptorscage.ca they got articles pumping out. I'm sure there will be some sort of reaction after this game. And then go to the, the Playgrounder podcast. That's my other NBA pod. We just dropped an episode today with Derek Murray of Babcock Hoops and Dante Turo talking Boston Celtics. So that's a really fun one. Uh, Lewis, hopefully the next time we watch the Raptors, they're uh, pulling off another win, 4-0, and off to, uh, off to Boston.
1: Hey, man, that series is going to be fun.
0: It, uh, it will be for sure. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks so much.